0: welcome to demystify magic with molly and madison i'm molly a former skeptic turned full-time energy healer and teacher and i'm madison a born and raised witch running my family's crystal shop and we're here to explore all things woo through the lens of both science and spirituality so that you can find the moments of magic in your everyday life and create an intentional spiritual practice so if that's what you're into find a cozy spot take a deep breath and let's demystify some magic all right howdy doody, bestie how's it going
1: Bestie. Howdy doody day. I feel like I'm still riding a high from last week.
0: I was just about to say the same thing. I'm like, we've reached our peak. I'm ready to just take it easy. We're gliding through. <laughs> and post from here on out. <laughs> we've got a little bit of a chattier episode for you guys today. We did very minimal planning. And by that, I mean, we've got three words we're going to go on. <laughs> we're going to talk about Samhain. We're going to talk about the eclipse season because oh my god we've talked about this a lot off the pod this past eclipse was rough 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 and we had a big old time and i know that a lot of you guys who have been listening have had a similar experience i feel like everyone that i've kind of talked to has had a similar what the fuck is going on vibe with this most recent eclipse so we're gonna talk about the eclipse and then we're gonna talk a little bit about mercury retrograde because that's coming up in a couple months
1: yeah kind of like a energy forecast what to look for if you're a witchy type person over the next quarter of the year don't ask me where that came from i loved
0: it who is she (laughs) who's that character (laughs) it's our third podcast host and she's british maybe (laughs) <laughs> Question mark, I'm not really quite sure what that accent was. I don't ask me. <laughs> Before we get into it, Molly, what was your magic moment this week?
1: Oh, my magic moment was interviewing Krista Mitchell for the last episode. I okay. So I know I like kind of geeked out. I tried to I tried to play it cool in the episode. I think you can hear how nervous I am at the start of it and how mm-hmm. like excited I am. <laughs> But there was this moment where she was talking about her magic moment of like connecting with a past version of herself and like kind of walking that version of herself through something to to kind of step into her power now. And I had this realization that two years ago around like on November 11th, I started doing this practice where I write down 111 wishes on 1111. And this was like Haley Hoffman Smith talks about this. So if you follow her, you've probably seen this before, but it's very difficult to do because at first you like make a big list and then you just kind of like run out of things and you're like, I don't know, I want a standing desk and I want this, I want whatever. (laughs) But then every year on 1111, I read the list from last year and I highlight the things that have come true. And two years ago, I wrote that I want to train with Krista Mitchell And I remember when I read her book, all of this was coming to me when I was like sitting listening to her like across from Zoom. But I remember when I was reading her book like seven or eight years ago, just being like, wow, I wish I could talk to her about her experience. Like it would be so cool to get to ask her some of these questions and to just pick her brain. And I realized as I was sitting here across from her, talking to her, asking her the questions that I always wanted to ask her. That I have trained with her not once, not twice, but six times since I wrote that list. Wow. And it just kind of like hit me as like, you know, so much can change in two years, right? Like we didn't have a podcast two years ago. You know, my life was so different. I was like working at a job I hated two years ago. And it was just like one of those moments where I was like, wow, like I really am doing it. Like I really am like, I don't know, like creating the life that... Seven years ago, I never dreamed was possible. And, like, I don't know, it just hit me talking to Krista that, like, that was such a big, like, full circle moment for me that I, like, don't think I'm ever gonna get over it. So, that was my magic moment. A little bit, a little bit cheesy,
0: a little bit out there, but I'm still just, like, geeking out about it. (laughs) I loved watching you experience that from start to finish. It's very rare that I get to see you nervous get you, yeah. like, as a treat. Um, <laughs> it's very rare within the context of our friendship that I've seen you really be nervous about something. Mm-hmm. And watching that whole thing from start to finish of, like, messaging Krista, like, kind of like a LOL, like, wouldn't this be crazy? Wouldn't it be wild if Krista Mitchell came on our podcast sending her, like, a Hail Mary shot in the dark DM? Yeah. Her immediately being like, yeah, sure, sounds good. Like, so <laughs> casual about it. And then... The preparing and then watching your face the whole time. That was a magic moment. It's not my magic moment. I won't geek out and, you know, <laughs> I won't, I won't put you through that twice. <laughs> I very specifically was like, that can't be my magic moment. I've got to let it be Molly's. Uh, but that was really like so fulfilling for me to watch you experience because obviously I really respect Krista and love her work, but it's all through you that I even like know that she exists. Mm-hmm. And so, I was excited and nervous, but I was like fully in my, I called it, I said it to you. I was in my bestie energy <laughs> um, I was like, I'm just here to watch you live your truth and live your dream and support. So I loved Love that.
1: Wouldn't, wouldn't have anyone else with me doing that.
0: Aw. 10 more. What was your magic moment? So I have a magic moment that is super apt for today's episode. I was very excited. I had a clear audience moment this week (gasps) tell me and I very specifically did not tell you about it
1: oh my god you've been holding this I have been keeping this from me
0: and it was very fun and very silly and it was just like such a I get really caught up in the idea that it like has to be really serious like communication with guides communications with spirits and so when (laughs) I can have like these fun silly moments of like oh This can just be like, I am weird and funny and silly. And so this is going to be an extension of who I am, not like Mm -hmm. what I, what I see it on TV, which is so funny that I can get caught up in that when my whole life is how not like TV all of this is, but I digress. If you haven't been listening, if you've been listening for a while, you will have heard some facets of this story, but I have to give the context just in case. So for those who don't know, my grandfather on my dad's side passed away in January of this year. And probably not my first clear audience moment, but like one of my strongest and like the first few clear audience moments I ever had was right after he passed. I had the moment where I thought to myself, I wonder what my grandpa would want as an offering on my altar. I think this was a magic moment a long time ago. And I heard clear as day, my grandfather in my ear say a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) And so now there's a pack of cigarettes on my altar that I take one out every once in a while and replace a cigarette that's like for him. An important part of that story that I didn't tell is that he smokes a very specific brand of cigarettes that most people don't carry. In fact, in my hometown in North Carolina, the gas station closest to his house carried them only for him. Like that's the kind of guy he was that you would like, oh. do you would, you would do that for. Monarch menthol 100s. If you have, a, if you know where to get them, I would literally slide in my DMs, I will pay you for shipping (laughs) because I don't, I can't find these. I have Marlboro menthols Mm -hmm. on my altar for him. And, you know, I said, sorry, Papa, I love you. This will have to do (laughs) because I found monarchs online for like 20 bucks a pack. Plus like, you know, whatever, $15 shipping. So all of that to say, the other day I got a text from my mom who does not smoke saying, do you think I could take one of your cigarettes from your altar? And I was like, what? She needed it for an offering for somebody else. But again, I heard my grandfather, like it was truly as if he was sitting next to me. Like he just slid right in and I heard him say, she can have one. And I'm paraphrasing. She can have one if she finds me some Monarch Menthol 100s. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, like, had to text my mom and, like, barter for these Monarch Menthol 100s. Did she find them? In exchange. She actually ended up uh, needing to, like, go buy a different brand. Like, she she was like, oh, no, I can't have menthols. Like, never mind. And so she, like, had to go. But so that's part of it, too, is, like, originally he was, like, literally I was, like, my grandpa, like, who is this man who's, like, (laughs) negotiating with me? (laughs) Like I just, did, it was a very different side to him. But I could feel the like, ah, oh, yeah, like this is how I'm gonna get it, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that energy of, okay, but, like what, what about me? Like what, what are you gonna, what am I gonna get in exchange? And so, you know, I had to be like, oh, okay, like never mind, you don't need them. And then I could, I literally could hear it, oh shit, <laughs> like he was like, you were so close, and then I had to have it taken away. So I had to be like, okay, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, but. Dear listeners, if anyone in their local gas station has access to a Monarch Menthol 100, truly, I will pay you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep my because, eyes peeled for you, best. Because I, I did feel like I disappointed him, but it was so funny, and it just was also such a fun moment of like, my mom responded to like when the, you know, when we were finished, we were like, okay, like we had, we had figured out the cigarette situation. She was like, this is like, imagine if we were on TV, like that, <laughs> that entire exchange would be. It's own episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of us. That's incredible. Bartering with the spirits for who gets what cigarette and what are they going to get in exchange and where are they going? I love how
1: this is just a normal interaction between you and your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the thing is like.
0: <laughs> it was a like magic any- moment in all senses of the word <laughs> of like a magic moment of, oh, my clear audience is getting better. I'm getting better at perceiving when someone's nearby. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at communication and also like. God, I love you, mom. Yeah. Like, I
1: like how it's like, my mom needed a cigarette for an offering she was doing, Mm -hmm. but menthols wouldn't cut
0: it. Yep. (laughs) She had to go buy American Spirits. The blue pack. (laughs) And we were like, we were hanging out that day. And we were, she we were like kind of running late. She like needed to be back by one o'clock. It was like twelve forty-five. We were almost home. She was like, "But I have to stop and get the American spirits." Like made herself <laughs> late for an appointment <laughs> because she had to get the offering to take with her. It was oh my gosh, so funny and just such a like such a perfect like snapshot of who we are and what we're like in our weird and wonderful.
1: <laughs> I love how it. we
0: operate. So that was my magic moment. It has layers and all of them are coated in nicotine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. That's why your personality is so addictive.
0: Hey. Ah, ayo. <laughs> LOL, LOL, LOL. All
1: right. So how we're going to structure this episode is if you are listening to this the day it comes out, we have exited eclipse season. We are moving into Samhain. And then Mercury retrograde is happening in a couple of weeks. And so we're going to talk through each of these things in the order that they occur. So we're going to talk about eclipse season, what you may have experienced, and maybe some tips for next time eclipse season comes up. Madison's going to talk about some Samhain practices, and then we're going to do a little Mercury retrograde myths, misconceptions, myth busting, and also like survival guide type of experience. How's that sound? I'm in.
0: Buckling up. Let's
1: do it. Buckle up. So eclipse season officially began with the solar eclipse on October 14th, which just for reference, we're recording right in the middle of this. Yeah. (laughs) So who knows how we're going to feel by the time this comes out. And then ends on October 29th with the lunar eclipse. So the way that eclipses work, and neither of us are Astrologers, by the way. We are just people who work with the moon in different facets. And so, you know, an astrologer can tell you more specifics about this eclipse and what's happening. But in general, eclipses are like, I think of them as bookends, right? Because they happen every six months or so. And so it's sort of like, okay, the last time we had eclipse season was in April. So what was happening in April that may be coming to a head now or coming to a close now? So I sort of think of it as like, if you're going through something in the eclipse, look at what that thing was, how it was impacting you six months ago. And then six months from now, you might wanna reflect on it again. And so the other thing that I like to describe eclipses as is they're kind of like pimples coming up to the
0: surface. Madison, you love this analogy. So (laughs) this eclipse season has been a real doozy for me and I don't know if this is like, if it's just something that I haven't noticed before or if this eclipse really like was very different, but I haven't really followed eclipse season super closely in the past. I've like known that it's happening and listened Mm -hmm. to people talk about it, but it's never been something that I super resonated with. So last week I texted you and was like, Molly, why do I feel like garbage? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, please tell me what eclipse season is. Like, what do eclipses mean? What am I supposed to be doing? And you made the pimple analogy. One, I lost my marbles because it's hilarious. And two, I was just like, it's it's perfect. It's a perfect analogy because it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And when I look with hindsight through that lens, I'm like, oh, that, like truly, I just had a massive blackhead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like the pimpo, pimple for the last six months. The pimpo. The pimple, the pimple for the last six months has been like under the surface. Like you know it's there, but you're just like, why won't it come up so I can pop it or heal it? And during eclipse season, it kind of like comes to the surface as like a big gnarly white head. Okay. So just like pimples, right? They can either be really satisfying when they pop or they can be kind of painful and uncomfortable. That's sort of what the eclipse energy brings us. So it's sort of like imagine this pimple below the surface for the last six months. Now it's coming to a head, but we need it to because that's the only way that it's going to go away, right? That's the only way that that pimple is going to get ultimately healed. And so I like the pimple analogy because it ties so many things together, right? Like You have choices in eclipse season. You can actively pop the pimple or you can use a hot compress. And by that, I mean you can poke and do shadow work and look under the surface and dig this situation up and heal it actively or you can rest through it Mm -hmm. right you can give yourself space you can give yourself nurturance you can nourish your mind body and soul so that this thing has space to heal itself depending on what your pimple is you will choose one or the other the other thing too is I tell you this kind of as a as sort of a preparation for the next eclipse season we're going to go through, right? Because these are things you can reflect on, but these are things you can also like mark in your calendar to reflect on again in six months. I always think like eclipses are easier to reflect on in hindsight. So maybe you're using this as a way to reflect on, you know, what happened last April and how that's impacting you now. But the other thing is just like pimples, we want to... Mm, kind of like give ourselves grace around it, right? A lot of times we think when we have a big gnarly pimple, we think it's the worst thing in the world. It's like all we can think about, it's all we can focus on. But the fact of the matter is it really doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things, right? There's so many other things going on. There's so many other things going right. There's so many other things that people are noticing in your appearance outside of that pimple, right? Just to give like a very vain example. And so I think it's this opportunity to like, yes, reflect on what's coming to the surface, but also step back and see the bigger picture and not let it consume you or take over your life in a sense.
0: And something like going deeper into the pimple metaphor. When you think about like when you have that huge white head, right? And like you try to cover it with makeup Mm. and the more you put on, the worse It gets and the more noticeable it is, the more you try to push it down and make it look like it's not there, the more obvious it is that it's on your face. Mm -hmm. That's what this eclipse really felt like for me Yeah, was like, this is not something that's going to be covered. This is not something that's going to, you know, you can't keep like shoving. I imagine, okay, this is what this eclipse looks like in my head. You know, that closet that your great aunt has in her house that nobody opens that closet. Mm-hmm. Because if it's opened, you're never going to get it shut again. Yep. And, you know, every time you have something that you don't have a place for, you just very, like, very gingerly open it just a sliver and throw the thing in and then yep. slam it shut. That is what this eclipse was for me. Somebody just opened the door mm-hmm. and said, let it all out. Like, it's it's all, there's nothing that you can do. You have to find a home for all these things because you're never going to get it back how it was in that closet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's generally like what eclipses are like, right? Like we can try and cover the pimple all we want. We can try and pretend it's not happening. But really like it's coming, whatever's coming to the surface, whatever came to the surface for you during this eclipse is coming to a surface for a reason, right? I'm a big believer that like our brain's goal is to protect us. And so if something is coming to the surface, it's because our brain either literally cannot hold it in anymore or we have the capacity to heal it. Your brain's not going to bring things up just like willy-nilly and then let it consume you in that way. So I think when we have these things come up in the eclipse, it's these like kind of checkpoint moments to make a decision about the direction we want to go, right? Do I want to ignore this, stuff the closet, pressurize my system so that six months from now it just explodes even more? Or Mm -hmm. do I want to give myself what I need to heal this right now?
0: Yeah. And I think that's why it was so important for us to talk about this. After the eclipse had already passed, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's a lot of fear mongering a little bit around eclipses or I guess maybe not fearmongering. I don't want to use that word. There's a lot of hyping around eclipse season, a lot of forewarning, yeah. and I really like giving space to whatever it is that you experience through something like this, mm-hmm. giving you something to look back on with a little bit of hindsight so mm-hmm. you can, you know take stock of what you did experience during this, you know, two, three week situation. So you can take it with you until the next eclipse. I'm so excited for our next eclipse episode when I can talk about all the things that have exploded this eclipse (laughs) because I feel like a whole cycle really did like explode. Yeah. And I'm so excited six months from now to see where it ends up. Yeah. And to see that cycle kind of complete itself.
1: Yeah. I think that's like the fun in eclipses. I know there's a lot of like foreboding... You know, it's a little bit chaotic. It's ungrounded energy. It's like, it feels like you're kind of in a whirlwind when you're in it. But that's why I always like to think about this six-month cycle, because it, I find it can feel really grounding that when I feel that chaotic energy, I step back and I look at like, what was going on in April? Oh my God, that felt so chaotic. And like, look how I moved through that. I think the other thing too, I, I want to bust a couple of eclipses myths and misconceptions and answer some questions that i get all the time about eclipse season so that you can kind of have this as a resource for ongoing eclipses so people always ask me you know they hear that they shouldn't manifest during eclipse season and i agree and disagree so I agree that it may not be the best time to do a manifestation practice where you're actively directing the energy towards a specific goal, but I don't think you shouldn't manifest. I just think when we talk about manifestation, often we're talking about a ritual that involves sort of like calling energy in, calling what you want in, drawing it in, right, attracting that, that goal. And that's not necessarily the type of manifestation we want to be doing in an eclipse season because the energy is so chaotic. So it's kind of like trying to fly a kite in a tornado, right? It's going to get whipped around a little bit. It's not going to be as effective. When we're in a tornado, we want to be bunkered, right? We want to be Close to the ground, we want to ground some of that energy. We want to connect with our intuition. We want to drop out of the chaos in our head and get clarity on what's coming up and why it's coming up and what I need to do to resolve it. And even in this kind of like post eclipse period, you might still need that before you get more. Directive with asking the universe for what you want. So I always recommend instead of doing like your usual manifestation ritual, whether that is a visualization practice or a scripting practice or a burning of bay leaves or whatever you do, maybe we'll do a whole episode on like low effort manifestation rituals. Let us know if you want to see it. But instead, maybe you create some space to turn inward and connect with that intuitive side to yourself. I actually have a Reiki infused intuition. Ritual that I recommend during eclipse season. And right now is a good time to do it too. So I'll link that in the show notes. It's called Ignite Your Intuition. But that will help you get clear on like what's coming to the surface to be released and what needs to be cleared so that when you do that more active manifestation of calling things in, it actually comes in clearer. I have a hot take.
0: Hot take. Surrender is a form of manifestation. Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Surrender is in my opinion, one of the most effective forms of manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like rollover type of surrender. I mean like- Allowing. Full, allowing, full faith, Mm -hmm. creating space and allowing the universe to fill the gaps. That is where for me, things that I could not even fucking imagine come through. Mm -hmm. Like I almost don't, manifest in the traditional sense anymore because I know that the that the universe, God, whatever it is that you want to call this ever-present energy, the things that the universe can give, I cannot even conceive. Yeah. I don't even know that I want or need them until they're in front of me. Surrender is the purest form of manifestation because it's it's a, it's a an example of faith. Yeah. And I also think it's really difficult to get to that
1: point of surrendering or allowing when we feel disoriented, which is why eclipse mm-hmm. season feels so off, which is why mm-hmm. like creating space for yourself to, again, that's a hot compress, mm-hmm. right? Creating space so that you can feel centered and grounded in your intuition so that you can access that well of trust that's within you so that you can be in that that place of surrender mm-hmm. or that place of allowing. Yeah, I think
0: that's the practice of eclipse season. Oh, for sure, for sure. Is creating that centered feeling and making way to create that space. Yeah. I think that's the more effective route rather than like the more traditional manifestation ritual, like you were saying of like the calling in. Mm-hmm. Instead of bringing things in, it's like, I don't wanna say letting things out because that feels very full moon. Like a lot of people associate the letting go With the release and not as a form of manifestation. That's another hot take. I don't always agree with that either. (laughs) But instead of drawing in, making peace where there's nothing. Yeah. Making peace with the spaces Mm. and seeing what can come through. Because a lot of that chaos too for me is the universe bringing in that sort of, I didn't even know this was possible. Mm -hmm. Like that's what that chaos is really. When When you make peace with that chaos, you can find... Those pieces—that's where you can find those things that, mm-hmm. because those things often feel chaotic because they they weren't on your vision board, yeah. But they're glorious, yeah, in a way that for me can almost feel unobtainable because I couldn't even conceive them. Mm-hmm. That's my eclipse hot take. Yeah, is it? It's all about surrender.
1: Yeah the the analogy that kept coming through as you were talking was kind of like a shaken up snow globe, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. see all the details of the village inside the snow globe until you let the dust settle.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's the vibe. And all you can do, like there's no way to speed up that process. You know, you can't make it settle faster. You can stop shaking it. Yeah. And that's really your only option.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what eclipse
0: season is like. It's like, how can I stop?
1: Because shaking it is really like when we try to change the chaos around us. When in reality, all you can control is your inner world. So it's like, how can you find space to settle within the chaos? And this is good advice all the time. <laughs> this is like the, this is the practice of life, really. It's just the eclipse makes it, puts it front row center for us.
0: Yeah. Wow. Lots of good analogies this eclipse season, huh?
1: I know. I know. Tell me about Sawin. This is something I know absolutely zero about.
0: Okay. So if you're hearing me say the word Samhain and then looking at the title of this episode, And being like, I don't see that word. (laughs) This is something I get. This is probably like one of my most common questions around this time of year is how do I say this word? S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Samhain. Sounds nothing like it's spelled. I know. It's a Gaelic word. And it's uh, this is, I think like Samhain is the holiday in like the wheel of the year that I feel most connected to. I think that's something that I kind of foster a little bit more because I know that my... Family is Irish. I know classic white person answer, but whatever. (laughs) I lean into it. But it's a Gaelic holiday that starts the day that you're listening to this, if you're listening on the day that it comes out, October 31st, and goes into November 1st. Mm. And the idea is that this night is the night when the veil between our world and the spirit world is the thinnest. So it's going to be a really great day for spirit communication. It's kind of similar to the Mexican Day of the Dead, where I know that that's like a cultural time where everybody really honors their ancestors and honors the dead. It's a similar energy Mm -hmm. where if you have some if you have some shit you want to sort out with ancestors, with spirit guides, with the ghost that lives in your basement, now is the time. It's so interesting
1: that it comes like right after eclipse season because like just like we were just talking about it, like whatever came up for you in eclipse season, like you can ask your spirit guides to support you in like clearing
0: the rest of it. I love that. I didn't even think of that connection.
1: I know. I just thought of that. Okay. So go download the Ignite Your Intuition ritual, like do that Mm -hmm. and like ask your ancestors or your spirit guides for support in like whatever comes up with that. Because you mm-hmm. basically the ritual it gets you out of your head and into your body, so you can connect with your intuition, and then you will have the opportunity to ask your intuition a question and get a message at the end of the meditation. So, like you could ask like, "What is left for me to clear at the end of this eclipse season?" and then like mm-hmm. maybe do some kind of ritual for Samhain to have your ancestors or your spirit guides help support you in clearing
0: that. I love that. That is what I'll be doing. I Here just made go. that up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, i'm gonna do that <laughs> so there are lots of ways to work with this energy to honor the day mm-hmm. it's a really really great time I, I feel like i say this every time we do an equinox or a solstice episode so i'm a broken record here i know but it's a good time to clean your altar clear that space you know it's a it's a space if especially if you have an ancestor altar pay special attention to that it's a really great time to like show a little bit extra love, respect, you know, honor towards those people that you're giving this space to. How can I do that? I actually on the Demystify Magic Instagram the other day did a breakdown of everything that I do when I refresh my altar. It'll be in our highlights if you go to at Demystify Magic on Instagram. It was a fun little, a fun little how-to. But the bare bones for me is like an all-purpose cleaner. Give it a little wipe done, especially because I have a lot of plants on my altar. Dirt gets everywhere. A smoke cleanse or a sound cleanse and refresh your offerings. So I have coffee and cigarettes on my altar. Those are my two offerings that I have for some of my ancestors. I will grind fresh coffee beans and take out the old cigarette, usually throw it in the trash, and take one out of the pack and put it back in its little container. What I'll be doing for Samhain outside of that is I am going to make a little dinner and get a couple small bowls, like small, small portions. They're ghosts. They have small stomachs. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little bit of a portion and leaving a few separate ones on my altar while I have dinner and then taking them off before the end of the night, obviously, so they don't get like gross and disposing of them. But just a little something special if you mm-hmm. like, and if you don't want to go full send, you know, like give them some of your leftovers, a piece of candy, mm-hmm. you know, something small, something wrapped is great. Like a candy, a piece of bread, a cup of coffee. Mm. If that's something that you don't normally do, you know, like a brood cup, I might do that on Sáwin as well. If you don't have an ancestor altar and it's something that you've been wanting to do, take that as an opportunity. Like now is a great time to put one together, especially because That communication is so open right now. The biggest piece of advice that I give people wanting to work with their ancestors, wanting to give offerings, is ask them what they want. Mm. You know, meditate maybe on the question, like, what would you like on my altar? Mm -hmm. And see what comes up. That could be, like, it's something visual you see in your head, something you smell. You could, you know, your grandpa could come in your ear and say, a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) A Monarch Menthol 100. (laughs) You know, it can kind of be open for interpretation. Yeah. And you could even ask your spirits how they want to be honored today. Mm. And, you know, they could say, you're good. Like, everything's good. Light a candle. Mm. Take a bath. Have a night of self-care in our honor. You know, this is a really great time to get comfortable seeing what your intuition brings for how you should or want to be honoring days like this, how you want to be working with this energy, you know, because it is going to be a little bit easier throughout this time.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, I love that. I think I'm going
1: to actually set up an ancestor altar. I have like, yeah, I have like my grandmother's jewelry on my like mini altar that has like my money bowl on it. Cause I'm like, I don't know where this should go,
0: but maybe I'll set up like an actual space. My boyfriend and I are going to put one together for his dad this saw it's something that we've like he's like talked about wanting to do and so I texted him and I was like hey you know this is a good day for that like do you want to table that and like do you want to do that on saw with me do you want to do something witchy so I think we're going to do that and if you're curious about altars or what an ancestor altar might look like we've got an entire episode all about it you're in luck just scroll back a little bit yeah and yeah. you'll find it that
1: sounds super fun I'm excited about saw now
0: good I'm glad I was excited when we started talking about this episode You told me, you were like, all I'm doing for Sawin is passing out candy to kids. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited to give you something else to noodle on for Sawin. So Mercury Retrograde is coming up too in a few weeks. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So that kicks off December 13th and will be with us for the entire month until the new year, January 1. And I will also say that some people myself included in this and I know Madison you and I have talked about this feel the effects of mercury retrograde for like a week or two before and after it it's called like the shadow mm-hmm. period so you might start to feel this as soon as december hits into a little bit of the new year so just give you like that framework but mercury retrograde it's a time of like again a little bit a little bit chaotic can feel a little chaotic we often hear about like communication issues, technology issues. I find it as like a time where the analogy that's coming to me is like if you're standing in the ocean and just like wave after wave after wave after wave is hitting you, it's like you have the option to like try to stand and brace against the waves or you can kind of ride them. That's how I see Mercury Retrograde. A lot of times people talk about It's like this big chaotic thing you should like, you know, everyone's like, oh, blame it on Mercury Retrograde. And like I definitely do that. But I see it more as an opportunity to like practice your footing when the ground is a little bit destabilized. Like how, how can you you know when communication issues come up right like a lot of times like we can have like arguments with people or maybe miscommunications happen and that's a really easy time for us to like get swept up in that wave and to get like angry or like aggressive or like why is this person not understanding me Da-da-da-da-da, like start these arguments when instead we have the opportunity to like get our footing again take a deep breath and go like oh we're clearly having a miscommunication here like let's just name that and then go from this place of like feeling centered and trying to sort it out rather than fighting against it and I think it's the same thing with like technology it's like I always approach it as like oh it's so cute my computer erased a three-hour training you know that I was Mm -hmm. trying to record it's like oh I'll just re-record it like what else can I do, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's kind of the vibe of of Mercury Retrograde. And I think it's easy to get like swept up in it. But it's again, it's it's that practice of like, how can you find center? How can you come back to your footing when the ground is destabilized? Which is the practice of life. Mercury Retrograde just gives us like a front row center approach to practicing that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think something else that really helps, or at least in my experience, helped me find my footing in Mercury retrograde and helped me like ride that wave is really understanding like what it is because for me this is kind of embarrassing for me to admit but I didn't know what was happening like what Mercury was doing what retrograde meant until like a couple years ago I still don't really know
1: okay I just know like the way that I understand astrology is like I understand the patterns and themes of different things, but I don't understand what's actually happening in the sky. Like, don't ask me any
0: logistics. (laughs) So Mercury retrograde is technically an optical illusion. Okay. So from our perspective on Earth, retrograde, Mercury retrograde, any planet's retrograde, is when the planet appears to be moving backwards through the sky. Mm. So it's moving backwards through the zodiac. So when you think about Mercury, right, the reason that people say like, look out for communication, travel, and technology during this time is because Mercury is the ruler of communication, travel, and technology, among other things. Yeah. When it's moving backwards through the zodiac, it's going against its normal flow, right? Mm, it's like, wonky. Uh-huh. It's, it's all fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's not doing what it normally does. <laughs> That's the scientific term. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's out of flow. Mm -hmm. And so the things that Mercury rules are going to be out of flow. They're going to be wonky. They're going to be all fucked up. Mm -hmm. And so when I, because when I was just hearing like, okay, this planet's retrograde. So everything sucks, question mark. Mm -hmm. It was harder for me to like have a real understanding of like what to look out for and therefore really hard to get my footing in it. So I always like to like explain the mechanics, I guess, Mm -hmm. of retrograde to be like, okay. Cause I think that also makes it feel less scary. Mm-hmm. Like when you just hear, like, Mercury is retrograde, you know, everybody but hunker down, it's yeah, chaos time. It can be hard to like the waves feel a lot bigger when I say, like, oh, just the planet's moving backwards through the sky, mm-hmm. which does sound kind of weird and a little scary, but we're just perceiving this backwards movement. It's moving backwards through the, you know, the 12 segments of the sky that make up the zodiac. Then I can just be like, oh. One, that makes sense. It makes sense that everything's all weird because that's weird. Yeah. And two, that feels like a more manageable, a more manageable thing to look at. Yeah. And understand and digest. I also think once you know, like, okay, you know, I can't, I
1: can't change what Mercury is doing, but I can prepare a little bit before I do any kind of communication or travel or technology stuff. So... One of the things that I will do to literally find my footing is anytime I'm doing something technology, so like before we record our podcast or before I do training, I try to avoid trainings during mercury retrograde, but it doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. I will literally take a mercury retrograde oil, which I know Madison has a great one in her shop, shameless plug, use magic to save, (laughs) but I will rub that on the tops and bottoms of my feet before I do anything technological before I do any kind of travel. If I'm doing communication, I always double check and reread. So I will often like, if I'm sending an email that I know like, you know, is a little bit more important, I guess, I will draft it and then walk away from it and then come back and reread it before I send it. If I'm doing Mm -hmm. any kind of travel, I will create space so that I'm not like running late so that if hiccups do come up, I can Move through them; it doesn't like completely derail my day. So just it's like a time of like having a little bit more space, a little bit more prep before I just kind of like move through things that I would normally just like go at lightning speed through, so that I can, you know, ride those waves as they come up and not get knocked over
0: by them. This is me realizing live on air that I'm uh, going out of the country for the first time since before COVID, right in the middle of this Mercury retrograde. Hey, Um, (laughs) good luck. Tea. same here we often like my mom and I travel a lot for the store like for wholesale buying for sourcing and for crystals and things like that and we will plan like we'll be like okay this show is during retrograde like do we want to go do we like you know yeah and if we are
1: avoid the that, layovers
0: yeah, uh-huh just like keeping that in mind oh my god I can't believe I didn't even think about that with this trip I'll never forget so last year
1: when I came down to Florida I think we flew back during retrograde, and I didn't even realize it was retrograde, but we got stuck at the Newark airport. United canceled our flight for no reason. I remember reason. this. And we were... Our next... The next flight out was like a week later, and we were just like, oh, fuck it. We're just going to drive home. <laughs> We stayed at like this sketchy, sketchy hotel. I
0: remember this. Like,
1: I just remember it was like 2 a.m. when we got to this hotel. I was like trying to eat food. Justin was eating a tuna sandwich at like 2 a.m. Okay, that. 2 a.m. tuna. Not too a.m. tuna, just, anything but that. <laughs> like drove six or seven hours home the next day in a rental car that smelled like vomit. And I was like, this is Mercury retrograde, baby. <laughs> yep.
0: Just riding that wave. I was like, what else are we going to do? You know, what else are we going to do? <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that until just now. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, I waited until Mercury Retrograde was over
1: to fight with United about getting my refund because it was just not like, I was not able to communicate to them. Like I was just like, you canceled my flight, what do you want to do? And they're like, Oh, we can fly you out next week. I'm like, I'm already, I'm already no. in New Jersey. <laughs> I will not be doing that. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, like clearly these things are gonna happen. It might not be as dramatic as my experience, but I've also like flown in Mercury retrograde where it's like, oh, we we got delayed an hour or whatever, mm-hmm. or just like there's turbulence or whatever. Just expect turbulence and just give yourself space to roll with the punches i guess is what i'm saying and if you can avoid travel you might want to
0: mercury retrograde expect turbulence yeah that should be their tagline
1: <laughs> <laughs> but again i don't i don't think it's like anything to be afraid of i think it's another example of like again all of these all of these things are opportunities to find your footing i think i think that's that's like the practice of life is like how can you find space when things feel constrictive? How can you find peace when things feel chaotic? How can you find your footing when the ground feels unstable? Like that is what your spiritual practice is designed to do. So maybe you carve out extra space to do a Reiki practice for yourself when you're feeling that way. Maybe you uh, prioritize your meditation practice in the morning. Maybe you bring some extra crystals for protection on your, your trip out of the country or whatever. But it's like these are the moments that your spiritual practice is designed to support you with. So what what better reminder to kind of get get your, get your footing now so that when Mercury Retrograde comes up, you have a solid foundation to lean on?
0: Yeah. You want to talk about a practice and surrender? Mercury Ew. Retrograde. Also, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys, this is a subtle plug, and also a sneak peek. This is something that, one, I haven't told, like we haven't announced anywhere in the store, but... On December 13th, the first day of this upcoming Mercury Retrograde, the Healing Hedge Witch will have a Mercury Retrograde mini ritual kit. Right now we have one for the full moon and the new moon. And I've had a lot of requests to open that up to expand our ritual kit line. We've got some larger ones that are more like intention focused. This is going to be a ritual that's going to help you create a feeling of security, help you find your footing through all of Mercury retrograde. It's not just like a one time thing. It's gonna you're gonna have something to carry with you after. I actually sent Molly a prototype, basically, that is gonna be pretty close to the end thing. So let me what did you think about it, Molly? Tell me.
1: It's my favorite ritual kit. I've done a lot of ritual kits. I know I'm like a walking billboard for the Healing Hedge Witch at this point. But like truly, I have purchased most of them with my own money. Like this was, I think, the first one that you sent me. as like a super secret prototype last Mercury retrograde. The thing I love about it is that it's, so it has like multiple candles in it right? It's, it's going to be mm-hmm. kind of similar to the one yes. you sent me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has like a chime candle, which again is like a birthday candle for giants. And then tea lights that Madison makes, which are just like beautiful and magical. And so it was really cool because you set the intention and do like the ritual with the chime candle and then sort of build the crystals and the tea lights around it as like a grid. And then every time you light those tea lights throughout Mercury retrograde, it like carries that intention. So I just like it because it was like fun to kick off Mercury retrograde with like that bigger sort of ritual of like really finding my footing, really getting grounded. But then I could sort of continue that every day with with the tea light. I don't know. It's just so good. It's so good. I felt very grounded when I used it. So I'm excited to use it again, this retrograde.
0: Yeah. I'm really, really excited to have them like out in the world. It was something that I really had to noodle on because with our other – like, all of our kits are really designed to be, like, not a one-time thing, but, like, an individual practice.
1: Yeah. Like, the full moon happens. You do a ritual, and then you Mm -hmm. move on. And then you
0: move on. Yeah. When, you know, when you're really trying to, in one fell swoop, bring in some abundance, you do in an abundance and prosperity ritual kit. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's it's one full ritual. And you still have the components, but – It's, it's very much meant to be like a individual situation. And so finding something that I could make that you could utilize and bring with you through all of retrograde was a fun way to like kind of flex my creative witchy muscles. And I'm really, Mm -hmm. really happy with where I've landed on it. And I hope you guys like it. I haven't told anyone it's not announced anywhere on Healing Hedge Witch socials on the website. So keep your eyes peeled and follow at Healing Hedge Witch on Instagram to see when it is available. If it's it's something you're interested in. I'm excited. And use code MAGIC for 20% off your order. Ayo. All right. I think we did it, Molly. Did we do it? I think we gave our energetic forecast. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Let us know
1: if you like this format, like if we should do this kind of quarterly. We basically, we were like, we could do a whole episode on Samhain and a whole episode on Mercury Retrograde, but we just thought it would be more fun to talk about like what's coming up in the next couple of months. So if you want us to do... Through to these energetic forecast episodes on a more regular basis, please let us know. Send us a DM. We would love to hear from you.
0: Yeah. And if you have anything that we didn't cover that you want us to talk about, there is a little form in the show notes. I'm pointing down as if you can see me pointing down. This is not a visual medium, but (laughs) down in the show notes, there is a request form that you can fill out. Let us know anything that we missed that you want us to talk about or shoot us a DM. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. If you want to learn more about
0: us, you can find all our links in the show notes. We'd love to know what you think of today's episode. So drop us a review or give us a shout out on social media. And don't forget to let us know your magical moment of the week. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.